0: Acknowledging I can't wave a magic wand and maybe my life would be a lot easier if I could do that. But there is always something you can do. And the one excitement is how far we've come over the past 10 years. Hello Homo sapiens, welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights. And
1: this time for International Epilepsy Day. We feature the global lead for epilepsies, Helen Cross, who shares with us the diverse needs of people affected by the epilepsies, including those in low to middle income countries. We talk diagnoses, treatments, prevention, challenging and eradicating stigma, how far we've come over the past 10 years and real hope for the future. And now on to our star of the week,
0: Helen Cross. I'm Helen Cross. My official title is I'm Professor of Childhood Epilepsy. Well, the Prince of Wales is Chair of Childhood Epilepsy at University College London, Great Ormond Street Institute of Child Health and Great Ormond Street Hospital, as well as Young Epilepsy in Surrey in the UK. I'm also, just to say, I'm Director of the Institute of Child Health, but I also, of course, I'm the elected President currently of the International League Against Epilepsy.
1: What got you to specialise in the epilepsies and particularly paediatric epilepsy?
0: I trained originally as a paediatrician and then as a paediatric neurologist, which deals with anything neurological, whether it be something wrong with the brain or the muscles, um, uh, but then um was very lucky when I first started in my paediatric neurology training to come to Great Ormond Street, where they had one of the first clinical MRI scanners for children. So I did a PhD in imaging of brain, uh, the brain in children, and also therefore became very involved in initiating and uh, maintaining the epilepsy surgery program at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Um, but then as part of that, really my remit and what my I did was rare and complex epilepsies so many of the patients i see have difficult to control seizures it's a case and therefore we've moved not only now from imaging and advanced imaging epilepsy surgery but of course genetics and newer ways of treating the more complex epilepsies
1: which is pretty exciting stuff and i and i and i think gives real people real hope for the future if if not right now then in the future things are happening right
0: they just don't happen quick enough for my patients and i think We know we're making a diagnosis in far more of my patients than we ever did when I started. But, you know, getting the cause in some children means a different way of treatment for the vast majority at the moment. It doesn't. And getting the the next stage is frustratingly slow for parents, I think.
1: For for many parties, I I guess. And um, I guess this is also a great example of why. Governments need to invest a little bit more cash in in the epilepsies to improve the quality of life of the individuals with the diagnosis, but also their families and wider communities.
0: Looking at my day to day job, of course, I'm I'm really concentrating on the complex end in a relatively resource rich country, she says. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when we think about epilepsy worldwide, it affects 50 million people and 80 percent of those people are actually in resource poor countries. And therefore, the opportunities are not the same. There's a huge treatment gap continuing. Um, I've been lucky enough to be involved in some um, some projects, for example, in Africa, in the Epine project, Epilepsy Innovation in Africa, a project between Ghana, Tanzania, and um, Kenya, in trying to improve services, improve diagnostics, improve access to treatments. Trying to find the resource, trying to find the understanding. There's, you know, we know that better specialist care, better diagnosis, reduces mortality. But many of those in resource-poor countries um, with regard to epilepsy, will be seen by primary health care workers. They'll be looked after by primary health care workers. What sort of training can we give? What sort of support can we give? And then, of course, there's the whole access to treatments. We can, you know, 70% of individuals, if we give them the right medical treatment, could become seizure-free. But we're nowhere near that in many places either.
1: Would you also say it's important for us to sometimes, well, actually, I think all the time, but look beyond seizures alone? Because uh, seizures can often be one symptom of a
0: disease. Absolutely. And, there's, you know, the first thing to say is about 25% of the epilepsies are actually preventable because they're caused by other things such as infection, um, stroke and maybe perinatal birth injury, for example. These are preventable causes. Um, and that's one aspect. But then when you come to um, uh, other aspects, yes, there's those where epilepsy is a, I suppose, a marker of brain health. It's come on as a consequence of an underlying disease. But even where it's mainly seen as the primary problem, whether there is the really complex group, the developmental and epileptic encephalopathies, early onset, where there's a lot of other things going on, learning and behavior issues gut problems, eating problems, sleep problems, which it's a whole, it's, it's not just the seizures that cause the impaired quality of life, but even you get those where maybe seizures, the only things. high rates of depression, anxiety, which also equally need to be considered and treated.
1: Thank you. I couldn't agree more. And so um, what should everybody do for International Epilepsy
0: Day? What's our message? I think our overall message is looking at the patient journey and looking at what we can do to help that patient journey. You know, whether it be involved in getting the right treatment, a diagnosis and treatment early on, getting the right information, getting the right support, ultimately ongoing with that journey, optimising their outcomes, optimising their lifestyle, optimising their quality of life. And I think that's one of the messages. Yes, we are all focused on the Intersectorial Global Action Plan, for epilepsy and other neurological disorders, which was approved and launched um, by the WHA, the World Health Assembly, in 2022. But, and there's various aspects of that to try and um, look at various aspects, whether it be, you know, improving access, looking at training, and when it comes to access, access to healthcare and medication. For an individual, it is a journey, and we want to try and improve that journey. Um, And therefore, on the bigger picture, we're looking at implementation of the intersectoral global action plan. But for the individual, we need to look at their journey and improving that journey.
1: And would you say part of improving that journey would, well, yes, access to clinicians, access to drugs, access to care um, and all as early as possible?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the sooner an individual gets a diagnosis, the sooner they get the most appropriate treatment. And the greater the understanding they may have. Um, and there's all sorts of aspects to that as well. For example, you know, risks and mortality. Many of the individuals in resource poor countries that are undiagnosed, there's a high rate of injury. There's a rate of mortality, there's sudden unexpected death and epilepsy. And the earlier you talk to individuals about these and manage to give them a treatment, the greater chances you have. For longer-term survival,
1: and would you say education overall is an important thing? Because I do notice uh, differences in perceptions of the epilepsies between not just continents, but countries or areas of countries, and that can, and that can affect how a person treats a person with epilepsy, or whether a person accepts treatment and things like that.
0: One of the aims of the International League Against Epilepsy is is to produce a consistency of message. Um, and to give the information we need to to provide um, consensus about what certain things mean. But one thing that we've all recognised is the degree of stigma still held for those with epilepsy, um, wherever you are in the world. And the greater the stigma, the greater it's hidden, and the less likely an individual is to seek healthcare. Um, because of their, their feeling or the wrong ideas about what they have, about what's wrong with them. So, you know, all of us need to, walk to work towards alleviating stigma, reducing stigma, getting out the awareness of what epilepsy is. It's not contagious disease. It's not, you know, a religious cultural belief that it is a genuine medical condition that can respond to treatment then the better outcomes we will have for our patients. For people who have a refractory epilepsy
1: or their loved one has refractory epilepsy, there is realistic hope, right, for the future.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I came into this, uh, into my career, a long time ago, you know, somebody actually questioned why I wanted to go into epilepsy because what could you do? And yeah, we had a few drugs and epilepsy surgery for children was up and coming. It was perhaps a little more established for adults. But there is so much more can do. And something that I always have a mantra for whoever sits in my clinic is there always is something we can do. No, we may not. You know, yes, some may be suitable for epilepsy surgery, others for newer drugs. We've always got newer drugs coming on the market. It may not be that the seizures are the main issue. And then if we have an underlying genetic diagnosis, perhaps there's a different path we can go. So there is always something we can do. Acknowledging I can't wave a magic wand and maybe my life would be a lot easier if I could do that but there's always something you can do. And the one excitement is how far we've come over the past 10 years, whether it be through imaging, through genetics, through the treatments, the different aspects of treatment that we're looking at now, simulation, for example. There's so much that's come on board over the past 10 years. Just think where we're gonna go in the next 10 years.
1: A massive thank you to Helen for such insight and real hope for us all around the world. Do take care, everybody. Whether you are new to the epilepsies, a person with an epilepsy, family member, friend, clinician, researcher or scientist, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and see you next time.